Welcome to Learning Together, a Prairie South podcast hosted by Logan Petlack. This is episode three, advocacy and behavior support consultants featuring Kirsten Lawson-Knoop and Candace Spanger. Okay, so hi, hello everyone. Hey, let's go. All right. Uh, today's energy is brought to you by uh, McDonald's Coffee today, also not a sponsor, um, but they had two for $5 McMuffins on, so I, I felt the need to treat myself, um, put back some calories this morning, so thanks McDonald's. Um, welcome back. Uh, most recent episode that came out before this one was our, our Brett Hagen uh Prairie South School Board episode and got a little bit of feedback, mostly just casual feedback so far. It was all good, positive. Um, and nobody said Brett was like way better than Ryan too. So Ryan, uh, Ryan Bowen, our director, if you're listening, don't worry. It's it's okay. It's comparable, just been all good praise, nothing uh, comparing one to the other. So um, I guess one of the feedback that I did get though was from Brett specifically. He was a little bit concerned about his use of ums and ahs, um, not dissimilar to me. Um, so, so hit him up and reassure him that it was in fact a great interview. So for this episode, uh, we got, we get, we're going to be talking with advocacy and behavior support consultants, Kirsten Lawson, Knoop and Candace Spanger, who are some integral parts of our school division and specifically the Prairie South learning department. Um, but what exactly is the learning department? Um, so Prairie South Learning Department has a wide variety of professionals in it. There's there's speech and language pathologists, there's psychologists, educational psychologists, uh, student support consultants, learning consultants, uh, such as myself, um, advocacy and behavior consultants, as I mentioned, um, and the, they're available throughout our division. So we got some based on the learning department, which is at River Riverview Collegiate in town here. Um, not the Ninth Avenue board office, just to, just to make that discover. There isn't enough space there for all of us. Um, and then we also have some of the these professionals based out of Assiniboia as well to, to provide support for our South schools. But um, we meet every second month um, as, a, as an entire team. Um, <clears throat> that sounds right. I'm sure somebody will correct me about this afterwards, but I guess this is on record. You can, you can expose me if I'm wrong. This is the test to see if people in the learning department listen to this, that if I got it wrong, you call me out. Catch me in it. Um, but yeah, so a big community of diverse professionals. They like varying uh, varying expertise in areas, but ultimately all kind of working together to support our students and families in Prairie South. Um, and so that that's the shared goal. It's about supporting your students and kids. If you're a teacher listening in your classroom, trying to get students access to supports um, that they need uh, from, like I said, a variety of professionals. We got social workers, educational psychologists, speech language pathologists, etc. So um, reach out. Reach out to them, to us, to get support with uh, if you got suspicions about a kid who might be struggling in your class. There, there is some expertise available, and I will mention in the conclusion too. There's also some community-based resources. The document uh, was thrown together a little while ago. That uh, if you are a Prairie South member, that you can access as well to look into if if uh, you need some uh, outside supports too as well. So don't don't bear the burden alone. If you got a suspicion that, that maybe a student needs a little extra help, then explore that and maybe access some supports. Talk to your admin and they will talk to um, one of us. Um, and I guess like to, to, to kind of keep going down that path, I, I remember being like a new teacher what close to a decade ago now. And like, I remember seeing other members of the division come into and out of the school um, as I was working my way to class, creeping in, 
probably, I don't know, I'm trying to think of what time I'd be creeping. Some mornings I'd be eager and in by 8, and some days I'd be creeping in 8.30 for 8.45 first lesson. But um, <clears throat> I just remember being a new teacher, going about my business, and they, I don't know, kind of dialed into just myself and what was happening within my four walls of the classroom and what I was doing with the students in the classroom. And I, it was easier, I think, then not to like feel like I was burdening someone. So I feel like I was relatively maybe reluctant or hesitant to invite some members of the learning department in to come uh, maybe support my students, even support me in the class. Um, and probably in part like just fresh teacher, maybe coming right out of internship, I wanted to just kind of have my own space to explore kind of how that looked without feeling like there was eyes on me. But as you'll kind of hear in the interview, like it's not it's not really eyes on you with the intent of like assessment or supervision. It's eyes on you or eyes on your students with the intent to help you support your students. So uh, that's kind of what it's all about. Um, and in this uh, getting to see and work with them more now and like hearing the, the diverse and amazing work that they do with students at schools across the division. Like if when I go back to the classroom someday, I really do, uh, I want to point out one, that I want to access these resources much better, do a better job maybe supporting my students, um, but also encourage you to do so as well. So I, I guess <laughs> if there was an ep episode so far, which I mean limited sample size, there's only three, but if there was one that was the most self-serving, um, this is this is me saying, hey, reminding you to access resources in the learning department if you can, um, such as our advocacy and behavior consultants, as, uh, as you'll hear in the interview here. But hey, and if you want to get... Uh, uh, a really kind, friendly um, learning consultant. Um, you know, let let Leah Cheddar, Miranda Sonmore know, or me. You can let me know too. Um, but uh, yeah, we'd love we'd love to help uh, help out or just like even pump your tires a little bit too. Like you, you're probably doing a great job, and but just having some outside input sometimes is good to hear too. So, um, so our guest today. I've already mentioned this a whole bunch already, but they are uh, in year two of their learning department tenure. Uh, they 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 are so amazing, and I I speaking of pump their tires, like I I, I feel like I lay on some of the compliments thick, but it's not uh, without warrant, like or without merit. They they really are tremendous professionals, and they do a lot for families in our division, and a lot for students in our division, um, and. They like this is this ends up being kind of a long interview. It's like a, I think an hour and fifteen minutes ish, but they provide so much wonderful advice that you can apply if you're a teacher, if you're an EA, really any professional working with students, um, but also working with your children or even like your colleagues. Sometimes we dial in a lot into like just the students, but like most mental health stuff, and we talk a lot about mental health and some strategies associated with stress in this uh, interview. Like it applies that we can apply to our own lives and stuff as well too. So. Um, you know, put put on your listening ears. I don't think that's a saying, but put put on something. Just pay attention because there's a lot of good tips in there um, for for what you can do to help support others with stress and uh, mental health. So, and I guess to to include this too, like lots of it is like well well evidence based as well. Which from uh from me with a science background, like I, I like to know that there's some academic literature backing up the backing up the practices that we talk about in it, and they, they are evidence based practices. So. Um, with that in mind, uh, we will go over to Candace Banger and Kirsten Lawson Knoop for our interview here. I hope you enjoy it. Hello. Uh, today, our interview, we have both uh, Kirsten Lawson Knoop and Candace Spanger. Spanger, pronouncing mm -hmm. it right, we're good. Okay. Um, in with us today. 
they are both advocacy and behavior consultants for Prairie South Schools. Um, I'll, I'll start with my intro of Kirsten. Uh, U of R grad 2015, but it was roundabout. We'll maybe sure circle. Was, yeah. okay. I'm not young enough to have only graduated university <laughs> in 2015. Okay. okay. <laughs> um, so, and that would be the social work program, registered social worker. Um, family, you got Tucker and Finley, little ones, and then Chris, the hubby. Um, and you've been, this is your second year with Prairie South Schools, and you worked at mental health for five years before then as well. Okay, yep. and that adds up, because like 2015, five years mental health, two years, yeah, we're getting into 21, 22. Yeah, okay, all right, checks out. Okay, and Candace, hi. Hi. Um, U of R grad 2012. Yes. Okay, registered social worker, social work program, um, mother of four-year-old Marin. Yes. Sleep's going okay? It's going okay for the last two weeks. Okay, and then uh, also Prairie South. Second year at Prairie South, yep, and we're at mental it. health for five years? Six years. Six years. Sorry, there we go. That's why you write things down, yeah. I guess. <laughs> okay. Um, so yeah, welcome. Hi. How hi, are you hi. two? <laughs> Thanks for having us. Yeah. Yeah, very happy. It, it was a little bit of a, it was not, I don't want to say a long time coming, but like we, there was some scheduling creativity that we got worked out. So yeah, good. we tried. Yeah. <laughs> we got there. That's good. Um, so in, in the introductions, uh, is there anything you can add to it? Like in, in the lead up prior to us recording, Kirsten, you mentioned 2015 is when you finished. I feel like you've made reference to your age, but like, you, I don't know, like we're all young. <laughs> but like 2015 roundabout, like what's the, what's the roundaboutness to to graduating in 2015? Well, I graduated high school in 06. And I went to university in Winnipeg for two years, but I played volleyball. So very much volleyball was my focus. School was secondary. Okay. Uh, and then I took a year off because I didn't love it. And then I moved to Kelowna in that year off. And then I got hooked up with the volleyball team there. So then I played volleyball there for two years. Uh, and then I kind of figured out, okay, I think social work is what I want to do. And then I got pregnant and then I moved to Musha, had a baby. And then, and then I went back to school. So it honestly wasn't really until I had Tucker that I actually got serious about what I wanted to do. I had to grow up very quickly uh, or what felt quickly at the time, right? which wasn't a bad thing. <laughs> it was probably a very good thing that I did that. Uh, but that, yeah, that's when I got serious about school and what I wanted to do with my life. And, you know, things got real. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. I, I, I never knew. Like, yeah. I, I, I always say, like, I always end up finding out something new about people I didn't know. Like, I mean, with those of you that don't know, Kirsten and I are in the same office. So, like, as I come in in the morning, because you're normally more diligent than me and you're already in by the time I'm coming in the morning, we're able to see each other because we have enough height to see each other over the top. But I didn't know that, like, volleyball was a big thing. I didn't know about Cologne. I didn't know about all that. So, cool. Thanks mm-hmm. for sharing. Yeah. Appreciate it. Candice, mm. you, you finished sooner. I finished sooner. And, <laughs> and Kirsten pointed out that you're younger. Right? Not by numbers. Okay. Not by much, honestly. Is, is there a roundabout? Like, is there a story to, like, your your educational background, too? Um, I don't know. Not as interesting as Kirsten's, but um, <laughs> I had initially planned on becoming a police officer. So when I was still in high school, I was going through the RCMP process um, before I graduated. Um, and uh, that was all fine and dandy until I went to take an eye test. And turns out I have the depth perception issue. And wasn't able to proceed in my, um, I guess, process with the RCMP. And so, uh, luckily, my mom had forced me to apply to university. 
So I started university in the fall and uh, in the meantime wore an eye patch for like a year to try and strengthen my eyes and it didn't work. So I had to take a different route and decided on social work, I think middle of my second year. So it took me five years to graduate um, just because that first year and a half, I didn't know what I was going to do. So that's, that was my journey, but everything after that was pretty, pretty basic and Okay. Okay. So, so almost a cop. Uh, almost a cop, but not quite. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. With the and, intention of being a cop. Okay. Okay. And I, I guess like, um, I think I want to like come to it later and uh, maybe it's here. Um, but like why, why social work then? Like for both, like I would say like with, with vo- volleyball and social work, I failed to see the connection <laughs> at this point in time, but like I, I will get there, but like there, there's at least some like, like community support and involvement with, yeah. yeah, my my hope was to to be able to have a career where I got to help people, and I didn't know what in what capacity that would be. But once I wasn't able to become a police officer, um, I actually spoke with uh, my friend's parents, who one was a social worker and one was a police officer, and uh, we had a really good conversation. And um, I I think they were the ones that kind of were like they convinced me that social work was probably the the route I should go. And I was like, you know what? yeah let's do it <laughs> Sweet. So. okay and that's funny because when I was in high school I always knew same deal like I needed to be in a helping profession um at first I wanted to do firefighting but then I just kind of figured that's not I don't know I just didn't think that that was like a sustainable thing like you know I don't know I don't know why I thought that but I just did and I think looking back now I'm glad like I wouldn't really want to be doing shift work and all right. that um <clears throat> but when I was 16 I brought up the fact that I maybe wanted to do social work. And so my dad, he took me for lunch. We, we, so we drove from Brandon to Winnipeg specifically for this lunch with a friend of his that was a director of um, child protection in Winnipeg. And he sat me down and said, do not be a social worker. Do not go into social work. It is a very hard profession. You do not want to do this. And so my dad felt like pretty good about himself because <laughs> I come from a family of business people. And so you know, that profession is just totally out there for them. Like, they don't understand. They don't get it. Uh, So he felt pretty good about himself thinking that that's, like, that's what he needed to discourage me from being a social worker. And I don't think he plugged his friend. Like, it wasn't, like, you need to try to convince her. Like, he did that all on his own. But even after that, no, it did not work, (laughs) clearly. Uh, Even, and that's the thing, even though I did it in a roundabout way, I, I think I always knew that that's what I would do. Maybe, maybe for a while there, I tried to convince myself I shouldn't. Right. Um, but yeah, still ended up. So it's funny that you had people that were like, "Yes, you should do this." Yeah. It's a good idea. And mine was like, "Do you not, did not do this." Do <laughs> not. Don't get me wrong; they were probably the only two people that were yeah. encouraging. Everybody else, when I would say like, "Oh, I'm in the social work program," were like, "Ooh, yeah, that's a terrible idea." Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I, I'm very thankful that you went into, like, I, I don't know, like, I think of, like, myself, too, as, like, a teacher, and people ask, like, oh, why'd you get into teaching and stuff? And, like, sorry, this is about you, too, and I want to learn more about you, too, <laughs> no. but, like, similar story yeah. is, like, I, I just picked it by default. I thought it was a good family job, and, like, I applied for it, and then, like, two or three of the little pre-internship things into it, I was like, no, this is great, we're good, I'm locked yeah. in, and I'll enjoy it, awesome. but, yeah, so... <laughs> <laughs> interesting diversity of, uh, of of ways to get there, but still obviously passions for both of you, so yeah. sweet. Um, okay, so this is question 2B, if you're if you're wanting to see where you're at with it. But you're, <laughs> so you both graduated, you went over to mental health, okay, and that was in Moose Jaw here? 
I didn't start in mental health. Okay. I actually started in child protection for two and a half years. Okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. And I started with the YMCA. My first job out of university was with the school age parent program. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which is where I met your mom. Okay. Mm-hmm. She's wonderful. She's she so is. Good. Love her. Yeah. Hey, Cheryl. <laughs> I don't know if you've heard the other ones. I've already showed out Cheryl once or twice, but love you, mom. Um, Okay, so, but you both came over to Prairie South together. Yes. Mm -hmm. At the same time. Yes. Was that part of the negotiations and contract that it's like, (laughs) I'm only coming if Candace is coming or Kirsten's coming? Actually, interestingly enough, uh, Kirsten was put into a supervisor position um, for the family outreach program where I was working as a social worker for, I think it was three months. Um, so she was my supervisor for a solid three months, but I think a month in, she, uh, told me that she was hopping over here and (laughs) I was pretty upset. I think I cried a little bit, uh, a lot of it. Um, and then I saw another position posted and I was like, well, I'm going with her. Uh, so I applied for it and luckily got it. So, so she got here a week before I did though, because I had to give my two weeks notice. Um, but yeah, I definitely followed Followed Kirsten over here. I think I was more nervous to tell you that I was leaving than I was our <laughs> boss. Yeah, and I'm not, and I'm not joking. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> wonderful problem. Like when you have someone that you're like close with, like that, that you work with, though, and like that's like I think of when I like came into this position too, like leaving Central. It was like I feel like I'm not a team player right now. Yeah. Like when you make yeah. that departure and stuff yeah. too. But yeah, but so this is le- like used to be supervised then, Kirsten. So now you two yeah. are equal mm-hmm. under mm-hmm. the under the eyes of prairie south so yeah. candace does that feel it feels very powerful for me. <laughs> no curse no, it was always awesome like i never felt like she was um like somebody where it was like my superior like obviously i respected her in that role but she never made it feel that way and so it's just it was i don't know she was just always i was just always felt comfortable um with her so yeah i don't know it doesn't really feel any different i still go to her for all my problems. <laughs> so. We go to each other for yeah. each other's problems. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing too. I think now that there's like about well, three social workers in yeah. Moose Jaw and then Lene, I feel bad for Lene. She's kind of out there on her own, but um, we definitely rely heavily on each other um, because yeah, mental health, we were social workers among social workers, but mm-hmm. now we're social workers mostly among educators. So we don't have a supervisor that we can go to ask like social work specific questions and of course we can go ask Don and Amanda stuff but um yeah we rely heavily on each other mm-hmm. right. me and Candace and Lorley and Crystal too and then Lene right yeah 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 okay yeah I I guess um and I, I guess like as I clarify for anybody listening like Amanda that'd be Amanda Olson our superintendent and then yeah. Don Hand yeah what what's Don's title again uh, some about a coordinator. Okay. <laughs> Student support coordinator? Yeah. Sounds that sounds right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Things. And that, that's who they're referring to. But um, I, I like that you bring that up too because like I think of like one similar working in my experience with it, but like being at Central and surrounded by just teachers and not just teachers, like no offense to my teachers, friends out there, but like the cool thing about the learning department is that you have a bunch of different professions, which there are different philosophies and stuff with that. Mm-hmm. Like, has it been, you, you've kind of mentioned this, but like, has it been like a challenge? Has it been, what, has there been like more growth? I don't know. I feel like I've had more growth. I feel like there's been like a shift in my mindset where there's a lot, there's a lot of different um, aspects to everybody's jobs. And I just feel like that's given me an opportunity to like build capacity and understand things in a different way than um, I previously have. And I probably wouldn't have that opportunity without having work, working with, without being 
um, I guess, involved with, um, you know, everybody with different backgrounds. I think that that's been um, pretty awesome. And, and yeah. Yep. Great. Yeah, I agree. I wouldn't say it's been a challenge. I would say it's been a huge positive. Just mm-hmm. different perspectives. Right. Yeah. Given that they might listen to this, too, that's probably the best answer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? So. Yeah, it's the best political okay. answer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Um, okay, so we, we've went through the journey. We're, we're at Prairie South, now we're talking about Prairie South. Advocacy and behavior consultant, what the heck is that? What does it involve? That's a solid question. Um, there's a lot involved, uh, I think, in, in our position. And it's it's tough because there's um, there's eight of us, and we all have different backgrounds. There's um, social workers, there's educators, there's um, provisional psychologists. Um and so I think for each of us, uh, what we get um, referrals for are sometimes pretty different. Um, I know for myself, what I get referrals for is kind of like the, um, I guess, like some mental health stuff, not technically like counseling stuff, but like just building some kids um, uh, toolbox in, in developing their coping strategies, um, supporting them with some of those anxious feelings that they're having around school. Um but yeah, I family support too family support would be a big a one for us. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of where that advocacy part comes in, like helping families advocate mm-hmm. with di- various agencies. Um, yeah, just kind of figuring out what what's what do you need other than what's going on at school. Like, so what do you yeah. what everything that's going on outside of school? What do you need help with? And let's figure out. We're not necessarily going to do that work, but we'll help you figure out who can, who can help you. So kind of like, a, and this is me trying to use my active listening skills and like paraphrase it back, mm-hmm. but like almost like a coordinator of resources for like families that are seeking access or does it typically come like from a teacher that's that's requesting support for a student that they have concerns about, I guess? How does it, or is it very? It could it be, both. It could yeah. be both. Um, so sometimes it would be trying to hook families up with, with resources that might that we think might benefit them or also yeah you're right coordinating like if there are a bunch of services involved like trying to coordinate everybody so that everybody's on the same page okay yeah mm-hmm. okay okay um so that the, there's like um let's go with a more specific example so like what is a not today because like you wouldn't be recording a, a podcast on a regular basis but like what does a typical day in the life look like for for both of you if you want to like throw in that like like Candace, you mentioned like the last two weeks have been good for sleep. If you want to throw in that, like you're up until four thirty a.m. with Marin <laughs> as part of your typical day of the life, but like if you want to stick specifically to the, the what it looks like as an advocacy and behavior consultant, too, it's up to you. Um, right now for me, um, I'm working um pretty heavily with uh, a particular student right now that has some anxious feelings around school, and so. I, uh, most of my days I'm I'm sitting in a classroom and I am there for when they, um, need some support, whether that's during a panic attack or they just need some reassurance. Um, and that's sort of what my day has, has, uh, I guess that's what my days look like right now of just supporting the student being at school. They missed a ton of school, had only, um, attended, I think five or six days of school this year. Um, so me being at the school has supported them. Um, oh gosh, I'm just like really rambling here, but, um, but just supporting them with, um, even just like, uh, prompting them to use coping strategies 
um, and having more successful days at school so that we can increase their days at school and have them coming more often, which will help with their academics and their self-esteem and, and all those things. So my days have been really jam-packed with that, um, just being there as a support for the student and for the staff as well and in learning how to better support that student uh, when I'm not around as well. So it's building their capacity. And then, um, you know, my days where I'm not there, I'm working on some different presentations. I'm doing our, our committee meeting um, for LGBTQ plus uh, stuff. And um, yeah, usually when my day is uh, planned, most of the stuff that I had hoped to do doesn't get done. And it's a bunch of other different things that end up getting done. So just kind of scattered all over the place sometimes. It's yeah. just about prioritizing. Threat assessment is what I would say. Like, what's the <laughs> most like? What's the most pressing thing right now? Mm-hmm. And what can? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And yeah, I think for really how we get referrals is that is a student's behavior impacting their ability to be at school or to mm-hmm. um, to be successful at school? So that would be like, are they able to be in the classroom? Are they able to learn? Or how are they doing with their peers? So that's kind of when we get a referral. So that's really what we try to do is assess what's going on for the student and how can we help them be the most successful at school. So sometimes that that does involve families and sometimes it doesn't. Um, But that's really our main job, I would say. And for me, that's what I'm doing right now. I'm I'm mostly supporting two schools um, because I've just got like seven kids at one school and then a couple at another one. Um, And so... Yeah, when we first get a referral, it's definitely more intense because you're trying to, you know, do some observations and see what's what's going on, trying to implement some strategies, and then it kind of tapers off after that. But yeah, when we first get a referral, it's quite intense. Um, and, and sometimes it kind of spirals into other things, like classroom presentations. Like, okay, so this would be good for this kiddo, but actually it's good for everybody. So um, that's kind of sometimes our, our deal is that, it's a fine line because you don't want to, you don't want to tell the teacher what they need, but it's like, I've got this thing and it's really good. And I think it would be really good for all the students. And I've never had a teacher be like, no, you're not doing that. They're always like, please, anything you can, anything you have for us, please share it. So it's good. Sometimes it's hard to have that conversation um, with our bosses. <laughs> Love you, Amanda and John. <laughs> but I know, but they tried hard to protect us because they know how busy we are. Right. <clears throat> um, and they are always, and then they know that all of us, we would just do whatever people ask us to do. And we kind of, <laughs> you know, we, we have a hard time saying no. So they're always asking, like, as long as you have time, like, are you sure you have time for this? And right. <clears throat> yeah, we will say yes, because it's, it, that's a priority. <laughs> <laughs> it's a wonderful system in place yes. that like, oh, do <laughs> yeah. you have time? Yeah, yeah, yeah I always have time. Yeah, yeah. yeah, definitely not overwhelmed. <laughs> but, yeah. And then sometimes things get put on the back burner, but it's that's the thing. It's like threat assessment. Yeah, like what's more important? Is this more important or is, I don't know, a presentation that I have two weeks down the road more important? No, actually this is. And then that, mm-hmm. it always gets done. It yeah. always works out. Yeah. Yeah. Stuff gets done. It's just maybe not, I don't know, maybe not in the most timely fashion, but right. that's okay. That would, yeah, that we're used to goes. it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Okay. Um, and I, I guess, like, I, like you mentioned, you had, like, seven students. So, like, is there a particular, like, age range that you, either of you tend to work with? Or is it, like, K to 12? Well, we don't, or at least I don't get a lot of high school referrals. Um, most of what I've had is 
is K to eight. Some high school referrals, um, but we also do something that we didn't talk about yet is the signs of suicide program, Mm -hmm. which we haven't started yet this year, but uh, next week is our first one. So last year, that was where a lot of our high school referrals came from because we did all the grade nines. Um, So it's a lesson that we we teach to the grade nine students and then there's a screen like a so a suicide a depression screen afterwards and then from there we just we um kind of triage them so this student identified that yes they're having um like there's some signs of depression or thoughts of suicide so then we would check in with them these ones are okay so we just kind of yeah these ones these ones are okay these ones are not so we need to check in with these ones and it is that that takes up a lot of time um doing that follow-up okay Mm -hmm. Um, so that would be where most of the high school referrals came from last year. This year, we're not doing SOS for grade nines. We're only doing it for grade eights. Okay. So. Well, and we did the grade nines last year because they would have, they missed it in mm-hmm. their grade eight right. year because of COVID and the, yeah. the shutdown. Um, so yeah, this year will be the grade eights. Mm-hmm. And, and this year, like, so all the grade nines this year would have gotten it last year because yeah. we did all right. grade eights last year as well. So right. last year was very busy with SOS, but this year won't be as bad because we yeah. just had to catch up. Yeah, we had to catch up, and there were the the two of us in, in yes. the city, and so and then Crystal also supported us in a couple. But um, now we've got Laura Lee on our team, um, our our third social worker. So okay. it's going to be a lot more. Um, I think it's going to go a lot more smoothly for us now that we have have more people. A better division and, of labor. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. And Lene does all the rural. Like she yeah. she was there with for all the rural and sometimes she would just do them on her own depending on how many students. So her mm-hmm. and Crystal are going to do the uh, south ones and then yeah, so there's just more bodies and also less students to cover this year. So it'll be yeah, it's yeah. going to be good. Okay. Okay. Um and this is a little bit of a walk walk back. Um Candice, you just mentioned like being in a classroom like working with the student like I think of so, like um I think of myself and, like, as adults in general, like, it is a wonderful thing to have someone that you can go to immediately for, like, mental health support or immediately to bounce ideas on. And I think observing your, like, your collegial or, like, your actual friendship, like, at work and stuff, like, you you clearly have each other for that. But, like, when thinking of it as that being your role as an advocacy behavior consultant, um, like, so wonderful and meaningful that, like, sometimes I think, as a whole, we take for granted, even as adults, that everyone's just like capable of like having those thoughts regularly in your head to help cope with anxiety and have mm-hmm. like like uh, good strategies to like cope with different mental health um, issues. That like yeah, I don't know. I guess this is me like pointing out. I think it's great <laughs> that like that is something that like happens there because it is totally something that like needs a skill. And Kirsten, you mentioned too, like normally from that you see that like everybody needs it. So then those presentations kind of come organically out of it as well. So it, I yeah. showed it to both of you. Like I, I, yeah, it's definitely something that uh, I'm glad, like even as a division and education as a whole is becoming more of a priority because it, it, it impacts everything and everyone. Yeah. Right. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And I think sometimes people think that it's like this grand, this grand one thing that you need to know, but it's not everybody deal with your stress with this one weird trick yeah exactly the yeah. yeah yeah and we don't if there is I don't know it so I would like to know it if someone does <laughs> but I think part of what we try to do too is just um I guess provide some comfort in the adults in the building saying like you got this you know what to do you you are connected to these kids and we talk lots about connection and how important that is mm-hmm. it's not 
it's not us, a stranger, coming in and trying to talk to a student and see what's going on. What they actually need is that person that they're connected to. And so I think for teachers um, to trust that and to for, for us to even just let them know that you're actually the person that they need and you got this. Right. There isn't one single thing I can tell you to um, help you fix this for the student. It's just being there. So that's, that's also part of our yeah. job is building those teachers up empowerment yeah Yeah. and 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 exactly that like I it was probably a month and a bit ago that um I was assigned just for a consult with um one of the administrators and um I got there and we had a great conversation and literally everything that she said I was like yep 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 (laughs) um and I was just like hey like I think the only thing that I need to to I, I guess tell you is that you you already know how to do this and so I think just sometimes to hear it from somebody else that like you've got this and you know you're you're handling it well and this is perfect yep. is just all that people need sometimes yeah and we're no different that's yeah. you know like if if candace needs to run by something or it's like i've got this tough case this is what i'm doing am i missing something nope yeah <laughs> you've got it and so it sometimes it, you just need that reassurance like just yeah another set of eyes which yeah. also going back to having other perspectives is very mm-hmm. nice because we don't have education backgrounds. And so if right. we mm-hmm. have this idea for a kiddo and then I might need to ask Jen Montague, am I missing something like with the education piece? And sometimes there are things that I missed um, just because I don't have that background or that perspective. So, right. Right. Yeah. 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 I, I, yeah. I love that you point that like everybody needs more advocates, like, someone to advocate for them, right? Yeah. That, like, yeah, so I, I really... And I, I think it's, like, a teacher, too, like, uh, I wouldn't say necessarily me so much. I was normally pretty eager to get someone else in because, like, I can, like, sit back and watch for a while sometimes. But um, I think there is sometimes, like, at speaking on behalf of teachers, sometimes there's some reservations to get other eyes in the classroom because, like, it's almost an insecure thing that, like, this is, like, your classroom's, like, your baby, and if there's something that's wrong with it, like, it's hard to fight that stream of thinking sometimes. So, like, it's wonderful to hear that, like, empowerment is, like, a big focal point of it because, like, that is a lot of the time what it's about. It's, like, you, you're doing good. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Here's, like, maybe a suggestion of how, like, you can maybe build your relationships a little bit better to help make this connection and help support this student specifically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's awesome. Yeah. Okay. And coming back to what we've talked about, like, that's the, the wonderful thread that I found, like, everybody in the learning department, like, the thread is the kids and like supporting them. And there's these really cool similarities in worldviews that kind of like, there's no video, but I'm like putting my hands together (laughs) in like a uniting kind of way that like there is these, these cool, wonderful uniting themes that kind of exist from it. So Mm -hmm. it's, it's cool to see and like getting to observe and talk with you more and seeing some of those similarities with your different professional expertise to like inform it from a different perspective too. It's, it's really good. So, so thank you. Um, positive and I, I don't mean to shift to negative but like in your role that what's been the biggest cha- or what is typically the biggest challenge I think for me the one of the biggest challenges is if a kiddo is re- is really struggling at home and there's not a lot of buy-in from parents or um, and not even that they don't want to it's just maybe an inability to like you know, for a, a billion different reasons for whatever has gone on with them or what is going on with them. I think that's the hardest part <clears throat> is that we can only affect change to a certain degree. We can only help kids when, when they're at school and we don't have a lot of control or any. I feel like you could speak there. to that from a social work side too. Like there is some legal 
tape that you just can't you yeah. can't be involved as much as you probably feel like you should be to yeah. help support these kids and yeah. stuff. So yeah, I think so, and that's part of the and that that's the same for teachers too. Like they there would there are kids that you think about when you go home at night and. But it's mm-hmm. like your job has to end at some point, and so you kind of have to remove yourself a little bit. And, yeah, we can talk about that later when we talk about self-care. But I would say that's, that is the hardest part for me is, I guess, just being being okay with that. Like, it just is what it is, and we can only affect what we can affect at school. So. And I'd say that's probably the same for me as well. Like exactly what Kristen just said um, is that uh, what we can control versus what is outside of our control. Um, And we can't control what happens when the kiddos go home. Um, But yeah, I I will say, and I know there's a question down here about kind of like, oh, what's the question? Something about sort of like one of your greatest successes or something like that. But um, to speak to that as well is that I was, um, trying to work with a parent. And, and last week we had a really great phone conversation where they said, this is the first time that I have realized that school is good for my child's mental health. Um, and that was the first buy-in that I have gotten from that parent. And I thought that that was such a huge step. Um, and, but that, that was really great. But yeah, that, that whole, like what I can control versus what I can't control. I can't make other people do the things that I, see would be helpful right. um, for their child's life or for their their life I can't make that happen yeah. Um, and yeah it can be really hard to to just be able to sit with that and accept that that's not something that you can do right I I um what do I want to add to that I I when thinking of like some of the kiddos and stuff that I've had in my classroom that like in hindsight probably should have been I should have been accessing supports to help like better support these students stuff but a lot of times and to the to your point of that comment that the parent made um is it safe to say like, a lot of times uh i don't know if disenfranchise is necessarily the right word but like a lot of times the students who maybe or sometimes the students that are showing like their parents had a similar experience in school too mm-hmm. where school just did not serve their needs appropriately so like you're also potentially walking into a situation where it's like school has kind of let them down so they're, mm-hmm. they're not unjustifiably not buying in right so Absolutely. like acting as that like caring liaison it's it's awesome to hear that that those connections are starting mm-hmm. to be made so yeah, yeah. so uh, that that checks out right like totally. that's yeah totally. okay. yes emphatically nodding yeah and I, I I mentioned that specifically just like as a teacher again like it's something to very much keep in mind that when I think of my kids who are disengaged in class and when I'm like struggling to get parental involvement sometimes it's like if I can step back and consider maybe a little bit that like parents probably didn't have a great experience with school either so like why, why would the kid think that it's it's a positive thing as well? And what can I do to maybe adjust how I'm interacting with that kid to try to promote uh, promote some sort of love of being there, some some sort mm-hmm. of positive they can get from it? So, yeah. 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 My thought always is, and we talk about this, you know, especially in terms of trauma, like what's wrong with you versus what happened to you. And I think about that in all aspects, like for these kids, what happened to make you, to lead up to this point where you just don't care about school? But then also what happened to your parents for them to to not think that this is important? It's not anything that they've, um, it's, not, it's not a choice that they're actively making, it's something that happened. So right. let's try to figure that out mm-hmm. and yeah. see what we can do. Yeah. yeah. And I, it, it sounds like, obviously like I'm, I'm like pro, like I think school is meaningful, but it 
probably sounds weird for like us as people who work with learners in school, like to, to acknowledge that like, we know a school doesn't do as much as we would like it to, and we want to do more with it, but we know that it like has some things that just whatever, like systemically or like long-term that we just, we don't have the capacity to like do everything we want to do and serve everybody as well as we can. But the, the growth and progression hopefully is there that it's getting better with it. So, um, Okay, so the the next one I have, and I feel like you both have kind of like touched on some of the things specifically you've been working on, but if you had to consider yourself like an expert in something or something that like maybe if um, there's a referral that comes in and it's getting like divvied up, like uh, should this be a Kirsten thing? Should this be a Candace thing? Should it be a Laura Lee thing? What's uh, like, what's the, your niche areas? Is there niche areas or pretty much y'all wear all the hats you can, you can wear? I think there are niche areas, but I don't, it's not like advertised or or like all the mental health stuff or all the whatever stuff is going to go to Kirsten or this all the stuff is going to go to Candace. But I do think that because of our background and because we have social work degrees that the mental health stuff will go to most likely us. So me and Candace and Laura Lee and then Lene. Well, Lene gets everything. Yeah. <laughs> she gets <laughs> She's all a the champ. things. Yeah. Okay. Um, but I would say, yeah, more so, yeah, like the anxiety, depression. And again, like Candace said, we're not doing counseling necessarily in school, but it's just we, I guess we just have that background and that knowledge. So that's probably more so the kids that we would get. Yeah. 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 And I and I would say um, the same. And then for my part is, as well, and this isn't just like exclusively me, um, but because I am on our um, gender and sexual diversity uh, committee, um, I do tend to, to get either um, the kiddos themselves or just consultations for LGBTQ plus stuff. Um, but that's, again, not exclusively to me because I know that the other ABCs have have gotten those as well, um, which I think is great because it's building all of our capacity in that area. Um, but yeah, that's it for me. And when talking about building capacity in, in that regard, because doing work together on that committee, but like it's something that there's there's different as we're learning more about it collectively, like mm-hmm. you may have greater degrees of comfort navigating that than some other yeah. people. And it's not a negative to them. It's just your your background or there may be something like that puts you maybe in a better position to be successful with it. So. Yeah, and I think the more that everybody kind of um, starts to work in that area, that's that's where we get that education and, and we build that uh, that uh, com- those comfortable feelings where we, we are able to have those um, talks with, with everybody and advocate for, for those students or um, even just like the, the staff within Prairie South School Division. Um, and within our community, uh, we we start to build that capacity as we educate ourselves more and we're, we're in it. So, right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so a couple weeks ago and the, this was like, it would have been like if we were at odds, uh, the original plan, it would have been like the, the couple days after it, but <laughs> you, you two did a uh, PD for mm-hmm. anybody who wanted to attend and it was the mental health states, what words mean. Right. Yeah. Um, hypothetically, if someone said they were going to attend and then didn't attend for some reason, this is me. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, are there any like highlights that could stand out? I don't mean to like, if there's a future one in the future and they hear this and said like, this is like the two minute blur, but Hey, now you don't have to go to it. But like, what are some of the takeaways with that? And what's some of the things? Cause it was mostly with parents that were coming in for yeah. the, for the PD. Okay. Yeah. That's who it was focused um, 
on, but spoiler alert, you did get it at the beginning of the year. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. The <laughs> beginning information is all the same. So, um, yeah, so we, at the very beginning of the year, I guess last year, we were tasked with putting together a presentation for administrators who could then present to their staff about, yeah, what actually is mental health, because they knew that the focus this year was going to be on mental health and well-being. So, you know, just kind of like basic education on what actually is mental health. So we did that for administrators, and it was well-received. And so then we did. We decided, or I guess Amanda <laughs> decided, that we should do something for parents too, which is probably one of the things, probably I would say maybe my second most favorite thing about this job is being able to do that parent education. Right. Um, so the information all comes from teenmentalhealth.org it is not our original thoughts <laughs> we just took the information and put it into a presentation that's most pds though, yeah, right yeah <laughs> right yeah um, so basically the idea is that we're trying to look at our whole mental health as a pyramid and so at the base you know like you're doing okay everything's calm cool collected you can deal with things that come your way it's okay and then um, up a level it would be mental distress and so just trying to help people understand um, and especially adults understand that there are things in our days that cause us distress all the time like it could be waking up late or there was lots of traffic on the way or your kids didn't want to get their boots on in the morning you know or you had to be a part of a podcast yeah uh, right yeah um just that there's things in our days that happen all the time and that we just need to deal with. And as adults, we have the tools to deal with those things. But kids, they have um, lower distress tolerance. And so when those things happen, they really don't like it. And then they kind of have this this really big reaction right. to maybe where it's bigger than it needs to be. So I, I guess just trying to, to teach or maybe just normalize it really for teachers and for um, parents and then also for students that, it's normal to feel kind of yucky sometimes, and you should because it helps us grow. Right. Um, and then the next step up would be a mental health problem. And so that would be more, um, you know, things that happen uh, less often in our lives, So, but, but they're more serious. So like the death of a loved one or, you know, any big changes like moving to a new country or um, losing a job that sort of thing, like financial issues. So those those definitely cause more stress in your life and they might need, um, you know, you might need some extra help dealing with those things like accessing counseling um, or, yeah, I guess really just accessing counseling or just making sure that you're extra taking care of yourself. Yeah. Um, and then at the very top of the pyramid is an actual mental illness or mental disorder. Those are the words that they use and interchangeable. And those would be diagnosed by a doctor or um, a psychologist. So I think the the main point of that presentation is just to, to let people know that it's okay to experience crappy things and it's normal and you should feel crappy about crappy things. Right. But there's only there is a smaller portion of people that actually um, have a diagnosed illness or right. disorder. Um, and that that's when you really should seek help, that there's evidence-based treatments for those illnesses or disorders, um, medication or counseling or a combination of the two is the best. Um, mm -hmm. Because I think people throw around the words like, oh, I'm anxious or, oh, I'm depressed. 
and some people are absolutely some people are but not everybody is and so yes you can have anxious feelings and yes you can have depressed feelings it's normal it's normal to feel anxious about a a test or um, a presentation Um, it doesn't mean that you're anxious the the way to tell is is it really impacting your life right. negatively so is your anxiety impacting your ability to go to school or go to work or get out of bed um, that's kind of how where you can see that it's become an actual problem and that you need to get some help with it right yeah um, I yeah and I, I really like that clarity that you provide because like to to use the language of like I'm so depressed I'm so anxious when it's not necessarily diagnosed it kind of stigmatizes it yeah. and like can actually be a barrier to people getting access to those supports yeah. um and not like I I would say I'm guilty knowing that this is a thing I'm guilty of saying it without any sort of totally. like what a lot of us are yeah. guilty but in that understanding better growing our learning about mental health and realizing that like some stress can even be good. Like yeah. those, those daily stressors, like it builds your capacity to like help deal with those things on a regular basis. And with the strategies that mm-hmm. Candace is hooking up students with in the classroom, being that good whisper and voice in the ear. That's right. But um, yeah, yeah. Just the, the one thing even with kids too, that I like keeping that I, I feel like you touched on too, is like the kids are still like learning to deal with stress. Yeah in their their lives sort of and I think of like little Cohen getting upset when I take sorry Cohen's my son if nobody remembers but like if um if I take away he really likes the thermometer that we check the temperature of the tub and if I take it away from me bursts into tears and it's like to like invalid like that's one of the worst things that's happened to Cohen (laughs) in his life that like he just hasn't built the capacity to understand have some life experience and also like hey I'm gonna be okay from this okay he just like bursts into tears so um I just like that like that's what came to mind as you were talking to you, and yeah. it's totally something that's, like, relevant and something yeah. to keep in mind with the kiddos, too. Yeah, so. and it, that's thing. It's not like kids suck at it. It's just that they just haven't had the experiences. They don't know that, you know, after this difficult thing, like, it's okay. I'm going to be okay. Because as adults, we've experienced crappy stuff, and, yeah, it sucks at the time, but we made it through. And right. so we, we can look back on that and say, like, it's okay. I can get through this. I can do this. I'm going to be okay. Yeah. Kids don't have that experience. Yeah. So just, yeah, like you're saying, like, that's that's what we need to do is be their external voice. We yeah. kind of need to be the little angel on their shoulder trying to help them through that, just like Candace is doing yeah. for this kiddo. And that's a piece of, like, where it, it might be, like, a piece of, like, co-regulation where you're, you're staying calm for them and that external brain um, and, you know, supporting them through it but not fixing it for them um, when they're in that like mental distress or even a, a mental health problem. If, if a grandparent passes away, we can't fix that. Um, right. And that child has every right to feel awful about that and sad about that. That is a legitimate, valid reason to feel upset. It's a legitimate, valid, re- valid reason for Cohen to be upset that the thermometer was taken away. It's like you said, that's probably the worst thing that's happened to him in his life. Um, so we need to recognize that that's valid and we can't really fix that for them. But if we model, um, you know, the deep breathing or like when we're feeling frustrated and how we're responding um, when we're going through stressful situations, the, the kids are seeing that um, and they're learning from that. And I think that that's super important that we we recognize that. And that's part of the presentation of we, we don't fix that for them. We can sit there with them and support them through it. But um, it's healthy for their brains to experience stress so that they're able to, to tackle harder things as they get older. Right. And uh, the other part of that presentation is talking about 
where does our mental health come from and how do we impact it? And so we talk about five things specifically. So um, drinking enough water, eating enough of the right foods, getting enough sleep. Is there five things or four things? Uh, activity. I remember the big oh, yeah. five to thrive. It sounds similar. Oh, yeah. yeah, and then the last one is connection. So, um, you know, really talking to teachers too. Like there, most of those things in there we can't, we cannot influence. We can't influence how much sleep kids get um, or their access to food outside of school uh, or their level activity of activity outside of school. But what we can control is the connection that we make with kids. And same for parents. You know, if you have a teenager, you know, you only have so much influence over those, those, um, those factors of their life. You can set a bedtime for them, but you can't physically make them go to bed. So, but, but as a parent, you can control how much you connect with your kids. And there is tons and tons of research that shows how important those connections are. And I think that's often one of the things that's overlooked when we talk about mental health. So in the um, presentation for teachers, we talked specifically just some pointers on how to connect with your kids, with your students. And then for the parents, um, presentation, we just gave some pointers on how to connect with your kids. So um, just some of the uh, ones I can think of. So making sure that you connect like physically with them every single day. And so even if that's only five or ten minutes, but just like doing a check-in, like, you know, how are you doing today? How is everything going? Trying maybe to do it at supper time, if that works for you guys. Or if you have younger kids, just playing with them for right. a, for 10 minutes a day that's all it takes um just so that they know that you're there right and a lot of kids like how was your day fine what did you do at school I don't remember and that can be frustrating for parents but that's a like a very normal thing for kids to say um but eventually that will come out um right. and for my kiddo I I own one of those kids that is just like I don't remember I just stared at so our big thing is like oh, I just stared at the wall all day um but what, when that does come out is at bedtime. So I make sure that I lay with him every night and sometimes he'll blab what happened during the day and sometimes he won't. But, you know, those are things that I wouldn't get if I didn't spend that, that right. even just five minutes laying in his bed with him at the end of the day. Um, another big one is turning off technology for kids and for adults because we can get so distracted by that and kind of complacent with that, but just... Yeah, I really harp on people about that, too. And I'm, and I'm not saying it's perfect in my house, either. Like, yeah. we do have to work hard at that, too. Um, yeah, what else would you add to that? Um, the only thing I, that I would add is that we, we do acknowledge that um, that, that teachers and, and staff and, and even parents are fully aware that connection is important. Yeah. Um, but life gets in the way. And so that piece um, for us is... Um, more to just remind everybody and to be maybe more conscious about that connection piece. Because again, when you've got, um, you know, 25 plus kids in a classroom and you're like, okay, cool. Now I have to connect with every single one of these kids and teach them all the lesson plans and prep and do this and do that and do yards and all that stuff. It, it gets to be a lot and you don't have necessarily time for it, but just strategies on how you can connect with kids um throughout the day that maybe don't take a whole lot of time or you know you're you're handing out 
um, assignments and you're able to connect with them for that five seconds or whatever it is, but just to be more conscious and purposeful of that um, because we know that it's really hard. Um, so the messaging there is simply as, as a reminder that it, it is important to, to be doing that um, or to be trying to take those steps anyways. Yeah. And trying to to tell people or say that if you spend this five seconds or if you spend this 10 minutes with your kids, so let's say five seconds in a classroom, literally just looking at someone in the eye and calling them by their name or spending 10 minutes playing with your kids, that can save you a lot of time in the end because right. <laughs> they have that connection. Most things are preventative mm-hmm. if you can build exactly. those relationships yeah. and connections. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, I had a couple things that I didn't want to forget that like you, you both mentioned, but um, come to the technology you mentioned like trying to limit that technology usage and from my understanding like there's more and more stuff coming out like sleep is super super important and blue light from screens is bad. very bad at disrupting that like our brain recognizes it's still daytime so that yeah. doesn't begin the wind down process that's normally supposed to happen anyway yeah. um so I, I guess i like i the fact that you're nodding and giving me a thumbs up that's the validation that i needed right now thank you for backing yeah. me up on this um that like that that's a large part of why like in general, and we don't have like an explicit rule like in our household, but it's like ideally like if, if the devices and stuff or if you got like the f- blue light filters on your devices, if you want to use that, if you still need to use them. But like after seven o'clock or whatever it is, like this ideally get the screens off so like that wind down can yeah. start happening mm-hmm. too for, yeah. for everybody in yeah. the house. And sleep really is foundational yeah. to. And even going around the house and dimming lights because, right. yeah, like you said, like the any amount of light, especially blue light, is a signal to our brain that it's daytime and it's time to be awake. And it's it's science. You yeah. understand science better than I do. <laughs> but it's it affects the melatonin in our that naturally occurs in our brain and our body that we absolutely need to fall asleep. Yeah. But what it tells our melatonin is actually no, you don't need to come. It's still daytime. You're That's good. right. The cortisol actually needs to come to keep you awake. Right. And so. The, the melat- stress. That's right. The, the melatonin goes down, cortisol comes up to keep us awake, and then, yeah, like, then it's nearly impossible. And actually, our melatonin starts producing about two hours before we go to bed. Right. So I try to be in bed by 10. I'm an old granny. Um, and so <laughs> if I know that my melatonin is going to start producing around 8, like, that's when I need to make sure that I'm winding down. Like, I cannot do productive things after 8. Otherwise, I am. I'm, I'm just up. I'm Wired. up later, and it's not good. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. knowing that for kids, too. So, let's say, so my youngest, he turns into a pumpkin at 7. He needs to be sleeping by 7. That I'm not going around the house and making it dark at 5. Like, right. you know, I'm cooking supper. And, and so, make it work for your family, of course. Like, they, these are all, like, in theory. But... Um, but I think just being mindful, especially of the technology. Right. Yeah. Um, and I, Candace, this is good. The other thing like you mentioned, um, like dealing with stressful, this is like a f- decent walk back now. Um, <laughs> but I want, like, it's wonderful all you've shared on this. Um, but, uh, you just talked about like, like dealing with stressful situations is a good thing. Um, and I guess this is me once again, like confirming what I thought I know is like, Dealing with those situations is so much more important as well than avoiding them, that if you mm-hmm. avoid them, it actually can increase how stressed you get about it in the future, right? Absolutely, it can. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. And that's good. Thank you. <laughs> that's what I wanted to hear. Because, like, that's something, and I, Kirsten, I think you mentioned, like, exams. So, like, exams are stressful. Um, 
And are there some cases in which it can be like an impairment, the amount of anxiety associated with it for sure. Um, but avoiding them sometimes can actually make the situation worse and the stress response kind of mm -hmm. works to help get them avoiding it, but it also builds it up worse because they haven't actually faced that yeah. stressor, right? The, yeah. the avoidance kind of tells your brain that you're not safe. And so if you're avoiding things that you feel sort of uncomfortable with, eventually there it's going to turn into where you're having those like physiological reactions in your right. body um, that are telling you that this isn't safe. Um, and then suddenly we're in our fight, flight or freeze. And, right. you know, a kiddo has been avoiding gym class and now they have to go to gym and now they're running out of gym and everybody's like, well, what's going on? Well, they're they're fleeing yeah. um, because they genuinely don't think it's safe because they've avoided gym for Right. A year and a half. And um, so, yeah, when we actually experience that stress and experience some success um, in, OK, so we're uncomfortable, but I got through that. Then our yeah, that stress level comes down and we're able to remind ourselves or externally remind that kiddo like, hey, you know, like you you attended gym, you sat there, you were OK, um, you had success. And the more that we do that, the more success they're going to have. Yeah, and then the lower that um, that anxious response gets, like that physiological response, mm -hmm. the more you expose yourself to those things that you're stressed about. Yeah, mm -hmm. and the exams, you should be stressed about exams, mm -hmm. but not to the point where you can't even function and get to school. Um, so yeah, helping them just manage those anxious reactions. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Okay. I love it. That's good. I feel like this is going to be really good PD, like for, for anybody, like this is going to be a good listen. So it's good. Like, I feel like we've talked about like three or four different PDs over. Yeah. Anyway, um, I was going to like, uh, what was I? I'm just being cognizant of time now. I know you both got some more stuff going on and we're, we're creeping up to, to 10 o'clock here, but um, to, to get into how exactly does someone access your support? So if I'm a teacher in Glentworth or I guess Glentworth wouldn't be a good example because that would be. Linnae. Linnae instead. Yeah. Um, but how, how, if I, I'm at Central, how do I, how do I access the support? Um, so the teacher would have to talk to their admin, um, and then admin would either contact on hand or Amanda Olson um, to discuss kind of the situation and why they're making the referral, what they're looking for, and then that's where Amanda or Dawn um, or both will kind of determine what um, support um, is needed there they might resource them out and say hey have you tried these things first or they might say yep we'll assign so and so okay. kind of thing so it's just kind of depends on what the situation is but it has to go through admin to amanda or don okay kirsten is nodding that's yep. Yep. Text, textbook Perfect. answer we're yeah. good okay <laughs> yeah. all right um so building on that then in, in your role what's something you wish people knew to help like maybe work better or collaborate with you more give you some like think time but i i if maybe this will be a helpful prompt that like stood up for me before, but you mentioned or i mentioned um but like sometimes teachers have a reservation to bring people into class so is there something along those lines that's like uh the reassurance or something to the two i feel like i'm leading you to something here well, but like i don't know if this is where you're leading us but we love you and we won't judge okay, okay. and and i also think what we just talked about is experiencing those stress responses um if you're feeling anxious about reaching out to us just you know just do it once and yeah. see what your experience is. Right. And maybe it won't be as bad as you thought it, it was going to be. We really hope it's not. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we, we care about our students. We want um, to be working with the schools. We want our teachers to be successful and to feel good about themselves. And we don't want to be there forever either. Um, right. 
our job is to work ourselves out of a job. And so we want to get in there, support how we can, um, and um, help those staff build um, their capacity or different strategies or, you know, come up with different, we come with a different lens. And so a different view on things on how to deal with something. And then we want to we want to be able to leave. Right. <laughs> and so we're not there forever and we're just there to, to support you and, and your student and students because right. we all know that sometimes one student can create an impact for the whole classroom. And so um, let us help. Okay. Okay. Good. All right. Um, okay. So getting to some of it. So personally, and we mentioned kind of this, like, and I, I think Kirsten, you kind of touched on it, but like, Checking out at the end of the day, I can't imagine is easy given like some of the situations that you work with. Um, what's a go-to wellness strategy for you that's like your, like, I, I feel like is it like trying to get enough sleep is mm-hmm. like something there, but is there any like that's your bread and butter? Um, for <laughs> I me, felt weird as soon as I said butter there. I don't know, yeah. For me, I guess it's, prob- it's probably a whole bunch of little things that okay. I do to keep myself okay, but... but one of the biggest things is setting boundaries and keeping those boundaries for myself. <clears throat> so, for example, I turn my work phone off or I leave it at work and I do I do not check email. I do not check text messages. Like, I have very hard boundaries. Um, and I haven't always, it hasn't always been that way. It was a few... Trial by fire. Uh-huh, exactly. <laughs> yeah, a few years of answering texts at midnight and, like, it was not... Good, but I felt that that was my job. But yeah. then, you know, just through experience, learning that actually that's not my job. I um, I need to check out at a certain time for myself and also for my own family because right. my kids and my husband are the most important people. So if I'm not there for them, what am I doing? And I would argue to like it increases your capacity when you're back to work too. Like totally. when you have that recharge, you can yes. do the things that are yeah. also important totally. to you and stuff. So and yeah. so something that I've worked hard on, and and of course there are always going to be kids and families that I think about at night. But I do uh, I try to do a lot of visualizing, like physically leaving my problems at work. Like as I'm driving <laughs> to my house, I literally picture all that stuff just staying at work. Right. And I also. Last night I did this when I was laying down in bed. I have to like put it in a box. Right. I put this. That's one of the strategies that would be encouraged for kids. Sorry, keep yes, going. I totally. cut you off my back. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. No, but so I was thinking about a particular sad thing and trying to go to sleep. That's not helping me right now. That worrying about this family, not helpful right now. What's actually helpful is me getting some sleep. So I literally put it in a little black box and move it to another part of my brain. And then I go to sleep. So a lot of visualization. Okay. Yeah. Hers are way better than mine. (laughs) (laughs) I'm still working at it, guys. Um, I I would say last night my boundaries were not great because I was sending emails at like 6.30. Um, But uh, I do feel like I'm starting to get to the point in my career where I'm kind of able to just like switch it off. And so even though last night I I sent an email at at 6.30, um, as soon as that email was sent, my phone was down and I I just, I was able to just walk away from it. Like it was just, it was done. Um, I do have those creeping thoughts that come into my head every once in a while that are totally against my will of like, how am I going to deal with this? How am I going to do this tomorrow? And everything like that. Um, But then I very... um, purposefully catch myself and go like this has to wait till tomorrow you stop thinking about it and then I distract myself um 
So one of my go-to strategies, I do a lot of, um, a lot of reading where I could just like go into a different world and just not even worry about this one. It's good. Um, but that's not a reality when I've got Marin at home. So, um, those are days where she's at her dad's. Um, and then days where she's around, I just pour my love and attention into her, um, and just keep that, that switched off. And yeah, those thoughts of catching my thoughts of like the whole, like, stop it. Yeah. I think there's like an SNL skit um, (laughs) that I love so much where it's just like, like, yeah, you just I tell yourself, stop, stop it. I can't stop thinking about being buried in a box. Stop it. Stop it. Yeah. <laughs> stop That's it. as easy as it is. Yeah, yeah, just, exactly. Five stop. bucks, two yeah. words, yeah. stop it. <laughs> yeah, when I, yeah, like you said, you're, it's, uh, you, you pour your love and attention into Marin, and that's the thing. I don't even have to even consciously not think about work when I'm around my kids because mm-hmm. I don't even have a second. So right. yeah. it's like, oh, yeah, I actually, I have a job. And, you know, it's, it's like I'm just like in a literal different world when I'm at home. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes... Yeah, I'm like, okay, where do I need to be tomorrow morning? I need to, like, plan accordingly. And yeah, because yeah, I just, like, I, it's like I'm two different people almost. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. I like it. Those are good. Those are really good. I, I just, I was, I, when thinking of, like, the sleep thing, I feel like I remember you saying the other day, Kenneth, that you got so dialed into your reading that sleep suffered a little bit as a result. Yeah, <laughs> I went to bed at 2 a.m., and that was not good. Um, and so I, I gave up uh, one strategy for, for the other. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but I finished Stop my it. book. Yeah. <laughs> Stop it. Stop it, yes. So. And that's another one for me. I have to set boundaries around sleep. I have to set mm-hmm. boundaries around my own sleep. So, yeah, I have to make myself like I love watching Netflix so much and if I could if I could exist on one hour of sleep I would love that yeah, I'd yeah. Get so much stuff done and I'd get to watch all the things that I want to watch but I have to be very diligent with myself I have to be very diligent with my kids sleep too because that's when I get time to recharge and I 100% need that time so my three-year-old like sometimes if he's happy and it's all good at like 6 30 it's like oh he could stay up a little bit longer but no he needs to be in bed by seven yeah and my nine-year-old needs to be sent to bed by eight to be reading to be in bed by 8 30 because then right. i get some time to myself right mm-hmm. it's yeah. like a it's a hard balance because sometimes i feel like i don't get to see my kids very much but it's just better for everybody they need their sleep i need my alone time and then my sleep so yeah i have to be very diligent right and it's not like I like I don't I'm not like a drill sergeant in my house but we are very scheduled and we because we just all exist better that way yeah and some houses don't exist best that way and that's okay but that I just know that that's what works best for us and I know in working with kids too and like specifically hearing both of you say but like kids thrive on routine and the the better Mm -hmm. that you can establish that it does have and it may not work for everyone but like ideally if you can set it up and have more routine it does pay dividends yeah yeah um okay anything anything else I I think yeah Yeah. okay um so we've kind of covered that one too like I yeah the the, the next one is like the how do you check out at the end of the day but that kind of was worked into a little bit too so that's good setting some boundaries and shutting off I I guess the one thing I wanted to add in that before we like move on from is just like I I would consider you but like you both seem very like exceptional in your job and stuff and I know as someone like who like thought he was starting his career as well there was that like obligation feeling like no in order to be exceptional I need to put in that extra time sort of thing um that like I I love how you just you both have just mentioned like you you put a cap on that and take care of yourself you they're not mutually exclusive that putting in that extra time is how you be exceptional you can still be exceptional and be an exceptional parent and switch it off when you come home and stuff and that helps yeah work into Mm -hmm. the other stuff too so 
And um, I think it is a bit of a mind shift because in our society, like the more you work, the more successful you are. So, and I, that's also how I was brought up in a right. family yep. full of business owners. Like, right. yeah, so yeah. It's, it is a bit of a shift. Like it, it's, it's something that's taken a few years yeah, to get Unlearn. to where it is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And when you're not taking care of yourself, you can't be exceptional at your job. No. Um, so, and I know we're probably going to get into this, but um, with Mare not going to bed until 4.30 a couple weeks ago, um, and I was exhausted. And the next day I'm in a classroom and I'm working with, um, you know, a child that is trying to, we're trying to build up their capacity for, uh, or I guess they're, they're, we're trying to build up their emotional capacity Um and I'm more dysregulated than they are, right. that's not helpful. Yeah. Right. Um, and that was something that I had to acknowledge is that throughout the day I was like on edge and they were having such a successful day. And I was like, they were, they were doing way better than me emotionally. Like yeah, I, right. I was tapped out. I couldn't be exceptional that day. Right. Um, so it's important that we are taking care of ourselves. Okay. Um, and uh, you, you made reference, but like that's, that's next up on the thing. Yeah. I have like the, when you look back on your career life, one day, like, what do you hope to be able to say? But I'm going to skip it. So Monday morning, it's, yeah, Monday morning, tip in terms of your role or as a parent. I'll work in the parent thing, too. Chris, I know you do some work with sleep consulting, and, like, you mentioned the 4.30 a.m. wake-ups, mm-hmm. like, really good for you. And um, navigating that by yourself, I yeah. imagine, is, like, a tall order, too. So, like, shout out to you. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, whether it's a role tip uh, coming into or a parenting tip, because I'm sure there's plenty of parents that are listening too. Not to, and I know both of you would acknowledge that you don't have all the answers and no, stuff like that. Not no. even yeah, okay. Not um, at all. But, and I really stress that every time I you know talk to parents because that is like I said like probably my second most favorite thing because we Crystal and I also do a parenting class right now um, once a week and I love it. That is like it's very very rewarding. But we are we're right there with them. Like we're we know these things in theory. Like, yes, I know I should spend 15 minutes uninterrupted time with each of my kids every day. Does it happen? No, it doesn't. Sometimes it just doesn't. And I'm like 100% upfront about that because, yeah, I know all these things in theory, but I don't always practice them because life gets in the way. So, Mm. yeah, I don't want to ever, I don't want anyone to ever think that, that we think that we've got it all figured out. And that's the thing, like, Mm. we still struggle with mental, (laughs) with our mental health, right? Like, we don't, we're, we don't have it all figured out in parenting in our jobs yeah in nothing and if you think you do you're lying that's to yourself, right yeah, right? Exactly. Like, yeah get a grip you're yeah. lying to yourself it, it's <laughs> about being conscious of those things yeah. and putting in the effort we're not yeah. gonna be we're not gonna be perfect um and like for for Kirsten and I um because our jobs are around that we know a lot of the theories and we know mm-hmm. a lot of these things but we we know it to put it into practice is a different thing because it's our lives and um that's hard and we acknowledge that for our, our parents too that um we can share these these things with them and like try this but we also know that life makes it really hard to do that um yeah. and it's just as long as you're trying and um trying your best and with whatever time you have yeah. um taking those steps and being a conscious parent is is kind of i mean your best case scenario yeah. you're never going to be perfect there's no such thing yeah and quality over quantity yeah you know right. if you don't have a lot of time to spend with your kids that's okay just make a quality the that half hour that. counter yeah. 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 yeah yeah okay i appreciate you two saying that as like a as a young like a fresher parent to the game and stuff like that to like here and like from the outside looking at you both seem like 
like ex- I've said exceptional, but like wonderful parents and stuff too. But like to hear that there is some like in part like I hear you say like oh it's a struggle. But, like you two are like some of the smartest parents that I know. And to hear you struggle too, like there's a nice piece to it that's like okay good. Like it's normal to like be with this too. But it's also like yo like I ooh, okay all right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Parenting is the hardest thing on the planet. Mm-hmm. Like hands down, I think it is the most important job yeah. on the planet, mm-hmm. and it is also the hardest job on the planet. Right. Because yeah, there they always say it's so cliche. There's no manual. Well, there actually there is. It's called the Incredible Years. Everybody should <laughs> buy the book and Kay. learn it. I'm, it's I'm amazing. The Incredible Years program is amazing, life changing. But yeah, like the you have such an important job as a parent, and you don't know how to do it. I literally remember leaving the hospital bawling in the elevator with my little baby in his bucket and being like looking over at my husband my then man friend as I called him <laughs> uh, they're actually letting us leave with him like we do not have a clue what we're doing how are these people trusting us with this baby yeah and so there you go off you go good luck figure it out yeah exactly <laughs> and it's it's like that your whole I've experienced it's like that your whole parenting life like so Tucker is my first nine-year-old that I've ever had. Right. My first nine-year-old Tucker. Because every kid is different, too. And so we're just figuring it out as we go. But I like how Candace said, like, just being a conscious parent. So if there's something that you're struggling with, reach out. Um, reach out to your tribe, your people. Uh, or reach out to professionals if you feel like it's at that point. But, yeah, like, if there's something you feel like you're struggling with, just reach out. There's no sense in struggling with that alone. Like two weeks ago, I was at my wit's end with Marin's sleep schedule and I like pretty close to dragging Kirsten home with me. Uh, like your family can wait. Yeah. I need you to like tag in and, and deal with this. Um, but yeah, like it just. And I, I gave you one tip. And you gave me one tip and my life has changed. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. And it's I don't, solid. it's not, it's nothing. The one thing that I told you is nothing that you don't know, but you were mm-hmm. so sleep deprived that you yeah. couldn't even get there on your own. Yeah. So sometimes you just need a little bit of help. Yeah, 100%. And that sleep deprivation. That <laughs> I can't even, speaking to maybe my personal sleep deprivation right now, but like it is so central to like it. As soon as you yeah. start losing it, like your dysregulation, like it's so totally. much easier to, yeah. like all the things start to go. So yeah. 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 Okay, so finishing on, uh, we're going to, we'll do the quick lightning round and then, uh, or sorry, I'll ask this first, then we'll do a quick lightning round, then we'll, then we'll wrap it up. Um, Biggest success story, and I guess you kind of already touched on it, but ending on a on a high note here. Hmm. Big, biggest work, and not even with like Prairie South necessarily, just in general, like with your with your worker. With my work, I would say, well, like I guess there's probably there's been lots of success stories, and you kind of have to really focus on those sometimes in the mm-hmm. suckiness. Um, but I would say, like last week after we did our Incredible Years group, so we have our Incredible Years group um, once a week. I cried after our incredible years last week because it was just amazing. Like, it was a happy cry. Okay. Like, Crystal witnessed it. Um, because the parents have bought in and they are doing what we're asking them to do and they're noticing changes in their kids already and it's only week three and they're just, like, amazing people and I just love them so much. And so it was, like, I got emotional because it's just, like, okay, because there is so much crappiness in the world. Right. And so to to be able to witness something that is that it's simple it's simple stuff it's not rocket science but that they're actually putting the effort in and right. that they're already seeing changes in their little kiddos is amazing right. yeah okay mm-hmm. 
I'd say my my biggest success story right now is is with the kiddo that I'm working with, where they have missed so much school, and um, you know we we implemented a plan and we've been following through with it, and they have now been att- they have attended every single day that they um, are supposed to attend, and um, I mentioned before where the parent had said last week, you know, this is the first time that I'm recognizing that school is good for my child's mental health. Um, and even yesterday at the school, we do some journaling at the end of the day. And um, kiddo said that um, that school was just good overall that day. That sh- they were they were happy that they were at school. They are liking school, and I think that is a huge success story. That totally. this was we yeah. could not like drag this kid <laughs> out yeah. of the house, and yeah. now they are happy to be at school. Um, I hope that continues um but you know there's there's always bumps in the road that we we expect but like right now for me that is like hands down I'm feeling so good about everything that's going on and I think both of those are good examples like I 100% believe with all of my being that everybody is doing the best they can with what they have Mm-hmm. And so for these parents, they were doing the best that they could with what with what Absolutely. information they had. And so we're just giving them like small tidbits of information and they're doing so much better. And same with this kiddo. She was functioning as best she could. That's all she knew and that's all she could handle. Mm-hmm. And so by Candace just giving her a few things or maybe more than a few things, like a little bit of help, she's Honestly, able to be successful. it's been a lot of just guiding yeah and reassuring reassuring and being there for the hard times but even walking into gym class and um you know them saying like I don't want to walk in because everybody's gonna look at me and I'm like okay well I'm like this random lady that nobody knows they're obviously gonna look at me (laughs) like how would I like walk in and just like jump around or something and you could just slide it like it just it doesn't really yeah you know like it's just giving them examples or or my favorite the other day um I was saying to them, like, you know, like, oh, before this assembly, how about you go to the bathroom? Um, And they were like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe you just said go to the bathroom and everybody heard you and da da And I said, nobody's listening. And and uh, I just I just turned and I said, watch. And I said, I'm going to the bathroom. And I just like shouted it in the class and not a single kid turned around and looked at me like they did not care. (laughs) And and so it's just like. Like, you're good. Like, everybody's just doing their thing. It's whatever. But that experience, like, you know, kiddo is laughing and like, okay, okay. And now they can reflect on like... Like nobody, nobody, nobody cares that situation. Yeah, like the Jurassic Park meme, right? With like Newman or whatever, where he's sitting there and he's like, "Yo, like, this person stole." He's like, "See, nobody cares." Yeah, it's okay. Everybody yeah, pees. Exactly. We're going. We're going right. to the bathroom. Exactly. Yeah, and we need those examples in our life that yeah. you know, like sometimes. And I even use that for myself, where it's like I I dropped something at the grocery store the other day, and then I was like panicking, and then I was like, "Okay, like literally nobody cares. Yeah, uh, pick it up. It's fine. Yeah. You're good." Um, we, I just had this experience with somebody else, and I was telling, "Practice what you preach, lady." Um, um, like it was, it yeah. was fine. Okay. Um, I, I, yeah. Awesome. Okay. Good. Nope. So the two, the two quotes that I took just about like, nobody cares, but it actually is nobody like cares. one, it, it's wonderful advice when like thinking of those like simple things where you feel like everybody's looking at you, like everybody else has done the same things too. And it's like, yeah. yeah. Um, and to work in what you said too, like that everyone's doing the best they can, like that can be applied to like everything in my mm-hmm. brain. Like when I think yeah. of Cohen, when I mm-hmm. think if like Kristen, my partner and I were like talking about something and like, we're both stressed, but we're both doing the best we can. Like it's a wonderful thing to help or like you working with teachers or working with parents and stuff like that, that f- frame of mind, like everyone's just doing the best they can. And ideally in your roles, you help build that capacity and skills to help 
the best that you can, maybe get a little bit better yeah. over time mm-hmm. and stuff. Yeah. So, and the same with us, we're doing the best we can right. with what we have, and so any information that we can learn, right. awesome. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So lightning round. That's good. Okay. I think do we'll it. do if we want to just do like the scripting to it. I whoever wants to answer first, but then we'll try to keep it consistent throughout. So that yeah. yeah. Anyway. Okay. okay. okay yeah. I'm ready. You're ready. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> First question, and then I'm, I'm going into it. So, coffee, tea, what's your first beverage of the day? Coffee, 100%, so it get, gets me out of bed. Um, mine's like a frappuccino or something. I'm Fra- fancy. Okay. <laughs> coffee, black, cream, sugar? Protein powder. Protein powder. Okay. Mm-hmm. Frappuccino, particular flavor? Mm, not really. Just uh, something. Just a frap. Something yeah, fancy. Just, a frap. just frap it up. Okay. Yeah. Um, favorite subject in school? Uh, history. History. English. English. Ugh. Okay. <laughs> audible disgust i'm sorry (laughs) okay yeah uh subject you struggled most with in school math math Math. okay all right it's my results record okay um (laughs) hometown brandon musha brandon musha okay um elementary school and high school so fleming school fleming school okay elementary and then high school is neelan neelan okay okay i was king george and central KG and Central. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, what's your go-to hobby? Favorite hobby? Um, I, I like cooking and baking. Cooking and baking? Yeah. Reading. Reading. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, favorite show currently with the Netflix mentioned before? Favorite show oh, currently? Yellowstone. Yellowstone? Unhealthy obsession with Yellowstone. Yep. Okay. <laughs> Mine's uh, either Community or Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Mm, yeah. Nice. Throwback. Going back okay. to the 90s. <laughs> we just got into Arcane. Good animated one, but yeah, Buffy the Vamp. Okay, sorry, I lightning round. I need to get back to it. it. (gasps) Okay, never. Amazon Prime. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Um, uh, favorite part of your job? Uh, getting to hang out with kids. Kids. Oh, same. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, flashback to your school days, and I guess we probably know Kirsten now. But what was your go-to extra cur that you were in? Volleyball. Volleyball. Soccer. Soccer. Rest. Okay. Um, who is your hero? Oh boy. Kirsten Lawson. <laughs> I wouldn't say I have a hero, but I do have people in my life that I just really look up to. Okay. Like, um, one would be Diane Michalko. Okay. Yeah. Okay. She, she's the teacher that I worked with at Peacock, uh, like in my very first job. Okay. I loved that job. I Diane's love her. Awesome. Yeah. I respect her. Like immensely, so. Okay. So, so when you see her, she's walking by. You can hear the Foo Fighters. There goes my hero. Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I'm excited to see how that yeah. picks up. <laughs> um, favorite book or sorry, fa- hero? No, you said you said uh, Kirsten, so we're good. Yeah, yeah. yeah, right. yeah no, Kirsten. Give a real answer. <laughs> um, I would say yeah. I don't really have like a, a hero, but people that I I look up to. Um, I don't know. I think the person that first comes to mind is. Uh, Gwen Moyes from uh, Mental Health. She was my supervisor for like, five, well, almost the full six years. Um, and yeah, she got me through a lot of stuff and I think she's pretty awesome. So, okay. Your yeah. best supervisor at mental health? <laughs> best <laughs> supervisor yeah. at mental health. Favorite book? Harry Potter. Harry Potter. All the, the Harry whole Potters. Okay, yep. all right. The Giver. The Giver. Ah, okay, all right. Both good answers. Sorry, I got more excited about The Giver, but I like okay. <laughs> um, If you better. could have a superpower, what would it be? Oh, teleportation. Teleportation. Yeah. Oh, that was a good one. Um, I'm in between teleportation um, and f- flying, but you know what? They get me to the same places, so I'm going to go teleportation because that'd be faster. Okay. You can just teleport in the sky and yeah. then fall and then teleport back up. <laughs> 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 uh, fly. What's something you think you're very good at? 
Um, <clears throat> lightening the mood. Okay. I'd, mm. I'd reinforce that. Okay. Yeah. Kay. yeah. Okay. Oh, something I'm very good at. Um, I don't know what I'm very good at. I'm hard on myself, so I don't know. I'm good at being hard on myself. Um, <laughs> You're very kind and caring Aww. and compassionate. Aww, thank you. I'm kind, caring, and compassionate. There you go. You're both very funny, too, for the record. Like, that's something you're both very good at. So um, You should tell my husband that. He does not think I'm funny. And I'm like, hey, I'm hilarious. Jokes are just for you. I normally say, like, the jokes are for me, yeah. and if other people happen to laugh, like, great. Right, um, window seat or aisle seat on a plane? Aisle. My aisle. legs, yeah. Like, I need I need the leg room. Oh, aisle for me, because if I have to go to the bathroom, I feel too anxious to, like, oh, yeah. ask somebody crawl there. over people. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, it's just yeah. aisle's more healthy. Okay. When, when we flew more regularly, I guess. Yeah. Yes. Back in the day. Sweet or salty snacks? Sweet. Sweet, sweet, sweet. sweet. What's your go-to sweet snack? Uh, well, chocolate, anything, but I really like ice cream. Like, I'd eat ice okay. cream every day, all day if I could. Mm. Okay. Mine's, I, I guess, probably, like, chocolate-covered fruit. Like, I like fruit for, like, sweetiness, but the, the chocolate just adds the okay. perfect Sweetiness. I like The sweetiness. The sweetiness. <laughs> the sweetiness. Okay. Um, top song in your playlists right now? Oh, um, Cold Heart by Elton John and Dua Lipa. That's like my, that's my jam right now. Okay. I actually heard it on the way to work this morning and I was like a few minutes late coming in because I had to finish the song and like jam. sing and yeah, yeah. dance. Yeah. Cool. Um, mine would be like Two Moons by I don't know who, but okay. yeah, Two Moons. But, uh, two <laughs> Moons. <laughs> <laughs> don't know that one. Uh, connected to the song you'd sing at karaoke. Easy Fantasy by Mariah Carey. Okay. Oh, mine would be like the "And I Will Always Love You." I think Whitney Houston. Oh, I want to hear that because you could Sorry. just yell it. Yeah, and it's yeah, mm-hmm. that's, okay. that'd be fun. Side and note, though, uh, I've never actually done karaoke, and I don't know if I, I have ever it either. Will. Like, I'm way too anxious to do it. There's Me no too. Way. Yeah. yeah, maybe it's a staff thing we'll do in the future. <laughs> the <laughs> sure, reservation. Maybe. You can yeah. hear reservation yeah. over the audio. There. But I okay. do have a song already picked out. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, first job ever. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Picking eggs for my dad. Okay. Yeah. Mm, uh, doing yard care for my parents. Okay. Rental properties. Uh, first, first vehicle. Ooh, a Toyota Corolla. Okay. Blue. Nineteen ninety nine tracker. 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 Okay. Yeah. Um, your first cell phone. Oh, um, it was a blue Nokia, something or other. Yeah. Brick. Yeah, it had and it had Snake on it. That game Snake. Okay. You know, yeah. I can't remember what mine one. was. It was maybe a Nokia, but it was the one where you could like text in T9 or you could flip it and then oh. it like slid up to like the yeah, keyboard. Yes. That was fancy. fancy. Those yeah. were on the OC when back in the day. Yeah. The I wasn't allowed to have a yeah. cell phone like well, well, well into my teens. And right. so they were already getting fancy. Getting fancy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, I, I will just uh, favorite thing about the kids that you work with. Uh, we'll finish on that one. Um, I think their their willingness to accept us, like they just, you know, like if it's just someone that just wants to come hang out with me, no right. big deal. Like, sure, come on in. Let's be friends. Let's right. just be best friends. Okay. Yeah. I think that's the same for me too, is that they're they're fun to be around. They're accepting and they're just like, hey, like there's there's this person here that wants to like be with me. And, and I, yeah, they're just fun to hang out with. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I love it. I feel like as adult, like we kind of like maybe like learn to like be a little bit nervous about approaching people as we get older. And some of the kids are, are really just like so like, hey, all right, let's go. Here's some <laughs> yeah. of my toys. Let's get after yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
Okay, so is there anything else that you'd like to add? Anything I should have asked you but didn't? I feel like we had a really good talk, so I don't know. Anything that I missed? I don't think, I think so. We're good. We're okay. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned the incredible years, so I'll probably follow you up a little bit of details if people want to access that resource and stuff mm-hmm. uh, eventually as well. Yeah. Um, but uh, apart from that, if, if we're good, I, I will just thank we're We're good. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I say that this is my, like, thank you piece. Like, obviously, I think, and I have it here, so I make sure I say it very well. <laughs> but, like, obviously, I thank every guest. But, like, honestly, getting to know both of you the past year and a half, two years ish um like i've said you're exceptional you're both like such wonderful people that it really has been so cool and you seem to do such an amazing job with the kids and stuff so like i you're both very humble and i know you wouldn't be the first ones to say like how great you are but you two really are amazing and i'm very very happy i've got to know you the past two years so so thank you in 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 all regards so um yeah wonderful professionals and assets to our vision so thank you that's very kind it's really nice yeah um thanks Have a great day. Um, I I think that's it. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank you. Okay. So like I said, like that, that was a long one, but it was a good one. It was a longy, a longy, but a goody. Um, and really like, yeah, I don't know. Once we got rolling, there was, there was a bunch of professional learning, uh, to explore in there regarding supporting students and others. So, so thanks for listening. And I hope you, you had something you could pull out of it, but here are some of the highlights that stood up for me, uh, um, after, after finishing up the interview. Um, but for, for them, something they both touched on, like just being an advocate for everyone. Um, sometimes it is just for the students or their families to help them be successful, um, but also teachers too, like y- you heard us talk about empowerment or people are doing the best that they can. Um, and like this, this is all like this, this, like I said, in the lead up, like it, it all aligns with what the evidence is growing towards supporting too. that these, these approaches plain and simple help build relationships, um, and an individual's capacity to, to deal with stress and, uh, handle the, the day-to-day grind. So, and that applies to, like I said, students, parents, us. Um, and the, the people that you work with on a daily basis too. So um, building on that, another thing that stood out, like we talked a bit about coping with stress, um, being exposed to tough things and new situations and developing the skills that can help us handle those tough situations. Um, talk a little bit about mental health states. Um, I guess with stress, like daily stress, that would be mental distress. Um, so like daily stressors that we learn to cope with by making positive adaptations. So um like being late for work in the morning, not saying I was today, whether or not, um, but trying to like, yeah, it's a little stressful on your way in. What's some adaptations you can do to either minimize this or um, yeah, yeah, adjust accordingly for next time. And then the last thing that kind of, and we, we got a little bit into like some parenting, but also working with kids in general, but it works for, like I said, adults too, is setting routines for ourselves and for our kiddos. So prioritizing sleep came up setting some personal boundaries with that, like what time you need to switch off the screens or limiting your light before bedtime. So yeah, lots of good things to take away. And I'll kind of circle back to that with our, with our wellness tip for the week. But um, some of the things we talked about in the interview. um, So if you're wanting to maybe learn a little bit more about some things, you would have heard about the phrase co-regulation. And just to give you a little clarity on what that is, it's, it's supporting your kiddo or partner to regulate their emotions when they are dysregulated and dysregulated means like when someone's having difficulty managing their emotional response. So like if you're uncontrollably cr- crying for an extended period of time. Um, but basically co-regulation um, 
it's being a supportive person to someone who is dysregulated or regulating alongside of them. And sometimes this looks like modeling being calm in the situation. Um, maybe you're redirecting a child's attention to something else. Um, maybe it's you and the little one learning the words that actually describe the emotions better. And if you can identify the emotions you're going through, you get a little bit of a better idea of how to kind of navigate and manage it. Um, and sometimes too, like physical contacts, part of it, just, just holding your kid and doing some deep breathing through the stress. If they are, um, dysregulated and stuff goes a long way too. But some of the stuff says like trying to avoid punishment for, or demand that the behavior stop. Sometimes there, there isn't a lot or diminishing evidence that that is the best practice, but, uh, not to say like in situations it may work as well. And something that they pointed out in the interview too, is that like not there isn't a one size fits all, but there's some things that might put you in a, in a better position to be successful. So, um, yeah. And just keep in mind that kids are, kids are still developing their capacity to deal with that stress too. So that's that idea. If we co-regulate alongside them, it helps them build some of those, those, uh, stress, stress dealing with, uh, strategies. Um, as well from this, so to, to get in our ABCs, which is, uh, Kirsten and Candace, um, and they mentioned some of the other ones in the division as well, depending on where you're at. But to get them in, be sure to talk to your admin. They can reach out to Don Hand or Amanda Olson down here at the Learning Department to access their support. Um, and I mentioned this in the lead-up. There's a community resources and supports document that was thrown together um, by Courtney down here at the Learning Department. Um, and it's on Connect if you're a Prairie South member, but I'm sure if you reached out to somebody, if you're not a Prairie South member, somebody could get, give you access to it too. But it is on Connect. Um, if you go into Connect and you go to Learning, Mental Health and Wellbeing, um, and then there is a document called Outside Agencies and Community Programs. And it's, yeah, it's a wonderful document. It's it's thick and it's like lengthy, but it really has a list of like all these different resources that are, that are part of Prairie South or available in Prairie South. So... And if you do have any other questions, as always, be sure to hit me up on Twitter at Mr. L Petlack, M-R-L-P-E-T-L-A-K, or at petlack.logan at prairiesouth.ca. Uh, our department spotlight for this week, which if it isn't clear yet, it we're going with the learning department. And I covered a bunch of it already in the, in the lead up. But I said already, speech and language pathologists, educational psychologists, or psychologists, excuse me, student support consultants, learning consultants, Advocacy and behavior consultants, all available throughout the division. Um, some based in River Collegiate, some based uh, down south in Assiniboia, um, but available to you um, for all of your your learning departmenty needs and student support needs. So, um, <clears throat> I I've said it before, uh, but I'll say it again. It, it really like amazing community of professionals to work with, um, and I I. We talked about a bit too, like diverse backgrounds, but still unified in that that goal of supporting your supporting your students. So we're we're on the same team, um, and I guess yeah. So I mentioned like the the bear the burden alone and like holiday season sometimes more stressful, and we're all kind of probably starting to like get ready for that Chris or holiday break. Um, so everything's maybe weighing on us a little more. So maybe it is an okay time to to reach out and get a little support going into going into the break too eventually. So. And I, I guess uh, any listeners, so the, the, we did learning department as a spotlight, but if you're listening right now, um, hit me up with an email. Uh, if there is anything cool going on in your school community that you want to share on the pod, um, yeah, let, let us know. I like I know in general, like it's the holiday season, so there's probably some holiday concerts or like a winter lit or some sort of performance that may be happening at this time of year. 
Um, so, hey, that would be cool to hear about. Maybe people in your community could, could come on and do that. I'm sure you do a great job communicating anyway, but, hey, extra visibility isn't always a bad thing. So, yeah, let me know what's going on. Um, wellness highlight. It's our wellness highlight. Get the screens off in your household an hour or two before bedtime. We talked about uh, some blue light how that can uh, disrupt melatonin in the interview. It impacts our sleep. Sleep is very important to functioning optimally, so make sure you get enough sleep. Um, and, yeah, basically, like, I, I mentioned holiday season, but, hey, I know there's a thing that's, like, blue light filtering glasses. I, did, I think there's still mixed evidence or developing evidence on how well it effectively works. Um, but if you if you do regularly watch TV before bed and finding a finding yourself with a hard time shutting her down afterwards, maybe, maybe you ask your... Uh, Ask your loved one or a significant other for a pair of these blue light glasses. I think they can be around 30 bucks. So, um, or just put your, your screen or whatever you have, if it has it, put it on night mode. It'll adjust the color a little bit to, to dim it down and make it a little bit easier. So maybe the melatonin can get going to shut you down. Um, so there's your recommended wellness tip. Um, some suggested resources and learning for this um, episode. Kids have stress too. It's a resource to help teach kids about stress. Uh, Prairie South has a bunch of classroom uh, ready-to-use kits available for you if you want. Uh, but if you give it a Google too, there's lots of good information on their page. Um, you heard about teen mental health or mental health literacy. They have a wealth of resources to learn more about mental health. Uh, if you give that a Google, it should come up. I think they're based out of, I don't know, there's BC, Alberta, and even some work in from Nova Scotia, I think, in that uh, that resource. So, um, Kirsten mentioned the Incredible Years. It's a parent learning program available uh, in town, in Moose Jaw for sure. Um, I'm not sure about surrounding communities if you're interested, but there is also a book you can order. I think it's about 45 bucks. And as I said, there is a course that you can take with it too. I'm not sure if they have online availability, but the Incredible Years. Apparently, it's a, it's a really good parenting tool, so... Um, and I guess your reflective question or way to start your day, um, I'm going to hit you with is how can you fit in 10 minutes of intentional focus time with your partner, uh, children or child or a student today? Um, Kirsten mentioned in the, the interview that quality, not quantity, um, or just Candace, like being present with that student, like if you can dedicate even just a little bit of time with someone there, it helps, uh, helps establish that trust and relationship with them. So. Okay, so this concludes episode three. I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you so much for listening. I will mention my contact information one more time. If you do have any comments or feedback, please send them along to improve this pod for all the people listening. Uh, Twitter at Mr. L. Petlack or email petlack.logan, P-E-T-L-A-K.logan, L-O-G-A-N, at prairiesouth.ca. Ideally put the subject podcast in there. Um, so this is just so I can sift through the the all the fan mail that I get on a regular basis. I'm I joke, but uh, it'll help me filter stuff out a little bit better. Um, of course, if you enjoyed it, please like, subscribe, share away, increase the visibility, get more people listening to learning together. Maybe, maybe mention the staff room. You you walk in and uh, I, you you know your your beloved colleague is there, and you're like, hey hey, Prairie South has a podcast, eh? Um, you know, like I, I'm not so sure about the host. He's, he's kind of a clown, but, but the guests are great. So maybe give it a listen, learning together. I listen to it on Spotify, but you can also listen to it on Apple podcasts or Google podcasts. That's my, that's my sample name there or sample voice there. Okay. So, uh, acknowledgements. Learning together is recorded on the traditional lands referred to as Treaty 4 territory. Treaty 4 territory includes the original lands of the Cree, Ojibwe, Soto, Dakota, Nakota, Lakota, and is on the homeland of the Métis Nation. At Prairie South, we respect and honor the treaties that were made on all territories. We acknowledge the harms and mistakes of the past, and we are committed to move forward in partnership with Indigenous nations in the spirit of reconciliation and collaboration. Our music... (laughs) 
Yeah. Is provided by my good friend, Kiana Berger. And once again, thank you so much for joining us in learning together. Have yourselves a great week. Bye, 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 bye.